We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. This Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast, Chase Farm, Neil McGrady, Clark Ford Studio here with you today. Ole Miss starts five game five games in six days. They got Little Rock this afternoon, four o'clock, Missouri State tomorrow, four o'clock, and the Iowa Hawkeyes in town from Friday to Sunday. Good part of the uh, the early show discussing. We, we we've hit this a lot, but a lot of movement toward it seems inevitable at this point that athletes are going to become employees of a couple of court cases that are going around. Uh, Michael McCann from, um, I think he used to teach or still teaches at MC, but a notable um, athletic attorney um, really up on those type of issues. He, uh, he has a couple of quotes that I found interesting and, and maybe even a little startling for the, uh, the game of college athletics at this point. We'll hit on that. Uh, everybody's talking about court storming. Got some basketball this week in the SEC. Ole Miss faces Alabama tomorrow night, 8 o'clock there for that tip from the pavilion so uh all that more coming up on today's show a show brought to you every day by the oxford exxon and all blue sky locations across mississippi that's up and down i-55 it's throughout north mississippi as well they got their uh, new superstore that has gone up in the macomb area subway attached to that bad boy so uh, wherever you are there's a blue sky close to take care of you on your travels and again coming to you from the clark ford studio we are clark fords in amory mississippi six six is two two five seven nineteen hundreds the number call it ask for Corey Clark tell Corey what Ford pride at your or he'll send you a quote within uh, fifteen minutes in business hours it's right to the bottom line no hassle no haggle you get your quote the rest is uh, up to you you can shop that quote around of course that's your prerogative or you can do what I've done what I recommend that you do and that's hop into a Clark Ford today six six two two five seven nineteen hundreds the number call it ask about their service ask about their products. You'll understand then that they want to be your car guy, they want to be a truck guy, they want to build a long-term relationship with you that lasts long after the moment that you pull off of the uh, off of the lot. Again, 662-257-1900. Guest join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102. Just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care. Everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. 
to book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. Tupelo Rub asking your go-to breakfast item. I very rarely eat breakfast. It's just not the kind of food that I would normally start with. If calories didn't exist and I had to eat in the morning, probably like a gravy and biscuit or like a chicken and biscuit, but it's just not my uh, it's not my forte usually. If I eat breakfast, it's a one bar. Yeah, but calories don't count. What breakfast item do you... Actually, I take that back. A, a bacon, cheese, and onion omelet is my favorite breakfast. I love a good omelet. I don't know. I I haven't had breakfast in so long that I don't even think about it. I, I don't I don't I, I couldn't tell you. A one bar. <laughs> Maybe if I really feel like spoiling myself, the uh, lemon cake one bar is pretty good. Okay, come on, chicken and waffles, a little powdered sugar on top, some strawberries, Not some syrup, some molasses. No. Something with some melted peanut butter? Nah. Are you a bagel guy at all, if it didn't matter? Um, I like bagels fine. Okay. Man, I've gotten weird about food, like, over the last few years. Like, I don't think about it very much. I don't get all excited about it. I almost get irritated with myself that I don't, but, like, I just... I mean, people will rave about something and I'll go try it. I'm like, it's fine. I don't, it's not a big driving force for me the way that it is a lot of other people, I guess. And I I don't mean that like I'm better than you kind of, not at all. I mean, it's weird, but I I get it, but I just don't really think about it that much. Yeah. I I can tell you, I know for a fact, Lauren and me, when Carson graduates and leaves, and it's just the two of us, the dinner conversation is going to become hilarious because she's kind of the same way. It's going to be like, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. And we're going to get to a point where it's going to be out. Just figure it out. You're going to have the opposite thing of the people who have literally their most severe fights about where to go eat. Because there are calls that that is the biggest fights they will have the entire week because it's I don't care. What about that place? No, I don't really want that. What about this? I don't know, but I don't care. And you just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, and we never go out, so it won't be that. It'll just be, I don't know, and it'll be like, I can see, I mean, our grocery bill is going to plummet because we cook now because Carson's here and he eats a ton. I mean, he's going through a, yet another growth. But when he's not here... And it's just us, it's going to be like, I don't know. I mean, it, it will literally be heat. Throw something in the in the air fryer that was frozen or something. It, it, that's that's what's going or, or a can of soup. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, we don't go out. Like, people like, like you guys, will, I'll look on the board and there'll be like this, there, there'll be threads about, there, there's, they'll name 15 places in Oxford. And I'm like, not only have I never been there, I've never heard of those. I, I have no idea. So we th- that that is the fight that we never have. Like, where are we going to eat? We we've never. Ha- I don't. I don't recall the last time we've had that argument. It's it's this thing. This is a true story. This is not about like it's not a place I go very often. But like, 
I think you have been to just from a like Oxford staple situation. You've been to Ajax once and Handy Andy's zero or once. Is that right? Yeah, I've been to Ajax one time. I've never had Handy Andy. I've been in it. I I went in with Carson because he got something, or I went in to get it for him. That was about it. Yeah, someone said I, they can see me totally forgetting a meal. Absolutely, I'll I will forget to eat routinely. Like last night, it was like eight o'clock. Travel. Uh, I don't eat much. I don't, not much, really. Okay. I mean, I I acknowledge it's weird. I just don't really care that much. Like people will rave about someplace, someplace, and I'll go and I'll try it. I'm like, ah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fair. Just not some, I don't know. Like, the one thing I do like when I travel, I I do like to sometimes go to like a steakhouse kind of thing and sit at the bar. Oh, 100%. I I mean, that's like, that's, if I'm going to treat myself, that's kind of it. I've heard you say that too, and I totally relate to that. Oh, it, it is it is my favorite travel thing, period, is to sit at the bar, have a drink, order an out, watch a game, kind of talk to the bartender, kind of don't, not really care, just hang out. I, and I'm not really on my phone. I'm just kind of people watching, just kind of look around. Just kind of off in your own little world for a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I like the leather and the whole deal with the steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Yep, same way. Um, Tico's exactly. is open in Oxford, by the way, speaking of new steakhouses in town and restaurants Neil has not been to. So. No, I haven't been. Saw it. Uh, it had a salt opening last Thursday. It's in Jackson. It's moved to Oxford. Now, or, sorry, there's a second location now, and uh, and uh, in Oxford. Well, I, I do have a question because you got to ask here. Uh, somebody asked what your favorite can of soup is. Do you actually have a favorite soup? Because I have a question off of that. I, I do. Sort of predicting when it's just the two of us, like at night. I. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna do a whole lot of cooking on a, like a random Tuesday night. I just don't foresee that. Yeah, I uh, I think your Wi-Fi switched over to the other network. By the way, so check it and see. Uh, my question is still on the right one. Okay, we may we, we we may need to go back together because it's kind of slipping a little bit. But we'll get there today. It'll be all right. Um. Tico's is uh, on the square, kind of across from St. Leo. I hate to pick out places that closed and point that out, but it's uh, it, it's it's on the square, kind of across from where St. Leo is. Uh, so yes, Tico is is there. My question though, and I was discussing this with somebody else, is we were uh, having uh, it, here. It's Luke is actually has it right there in the strip. Do people eat cream of mushroom or cream of chicken or cream of soups by themselves, or do you only cook with them? Are, are there people out there that simply eat those things as the actual entree, course, app, whatever it is? I'd go hungry before I eat one of those. Okay. I would just drink some water and say, it's time to go to bed. That was my question. I mean... I'm not, and you know, you and I talked about this. I'm not a casserole guy much at all. Like the casseroles that require a can of cream of chicken soup. Yeah. I I was talking to somebody yesterday who uh, had put, was doing a pot roast. You know, you put cream of mushroom or golden mushroom or whatever in the pot roast for the crock pot or whatever. And yeah, I was having that debate. I actually looked it up and there was people 
there was people on Reddit that said they would mix milk or something with cream of mushroom and like eat the cream of mushroom soup as that was their mm. that was the thing they were eating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd like that. Yeah. So anyway. I don't know how we got down that road. That that is though, I will end here. I'll stop and I'll probably want something sports related. For as much as Neil hates to actually eat food, your love of food shows is fascinating. It is a juxtaposition that is mm-hmm. phenomenal in that way. I just find the shows relaxing. That's all. I they they kind of it just I just like to watch them. I like the flow of them. I I just I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's weird. I mean, look, I don't pretend to be like when people say describe yourself, one of the first words I will use is weird. I'm 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 not cool. I don't I don't really try to be cool. Um, I'm not popular. I, that's not a goal of mine. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable in my own skin and I'm, I mean, I'm weird. I'm a nerd. I, I admit that I, I don't have, I don't have like major issues with that. I'm cool with it. When people say that about me, I'm like, yeah, it's true. I, I get it. I understand. Yeah. Uh, Neil and Avery, it's a pretty popular thing to, uh, to put either cream of mushroom or a can of golden mushroom in a pot roast recipe. That, that, that's pretty, that's, yeah, that's I've never a really had a common thing. The one that I like is the one where you put the pepperoncinis in it. The Mississippi pot roast. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it's called or not. Sure. Yeah. That's what I, it's called. I like, I like that. I don't think that's got a can of soup in it. Mm-hmm. Laura does this thing with chicken, like once in a blue moon where you, you skillet it and then you put it in this sauce that's got a beer and and cream of chicken soup i think and it's it's pretty good like you serve it over rice or whatever i mean like literally like once every three months i think that the fact that we're having this conversation it's it's indicative of something i was thinking about right before we started the show is that i I made a joke yesterday that basketball had gotten us to february the 26th um for the podcast old miss is obviously six and eight in the sec they play alabama tomorrow and they're on the bad side of the bubble. I mean, it would take a ton of work, as we discussed yesterday. I'm not going to spend time on that today. But we're in that dog period now. This is this is day one, literally, of this period where basketball would have to do something to regain our interest as a primary topic. Baseball is still in February. I mean, we are having this conversation right now, and in a lot of ways, it's indicative of what is going on at the pavilion with the men's basketball team that, that, that oh, we're here right now. I'll share this. I said this to Chase this morning. Yesterday... On the day when people were bitching about there's too much politics on the rebelgrove.com board. I saw in my email, I got two emails from the SEC. One was a basketball weekly release and one was a baseball weekly release. I didn't even read them. I just copied and pasted and put them out there like, okay, here's some sports. And in the baseball one, as you and I talked about yesterday, God, I even hate going here. It's just sorry. It's hardly worth it. Arkansas was the one team in the SEC over the weekend that actually kind of played somebody. Mm-hmm. And look, he's going to eventually play everybody. It's all going to work out. We're going to figure out who's good, who's not good. We're gonna, it's 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 going to happen. Well, they are picked to win the SEC. But the point was, last weekend they played in a tournament where they played Oregon State, Oklahoma State, and Michigan. Thank you. So they played at least two teams that are considered to be pretty good, and maybe a third team that's considered to be pretty good. And they had a good weekend, and they had some really high level pitching performances. I don't know whether it's because those three teams suck or because they really pitch it well. I had no clue. I didn't see a pitch. Um, but I put the release out, and immediately it's get a, you get attacked with the Arkansas stuff, and I'm like, okay, are we already all, are we already to the point? Because I was like, you, yeah. I'm like, we're not even to March yet. 
are we already to the point that, okay, we, we can't talk about basketball anymore. That's out. We can't talk about baseball unless we kind of start to convince ourselves that Ole Miss is good. If Ole Miss is good, then yes, we can talk about it. If Ole Miss is not good, we know that's out. Then we're going to, like, we're going to re- really be dipping into the Halloween candy genre of podcast here quicker than usual. And it's like, that's where you're, you think, always, I tell you this all the time. I don't know that I'm a big enough sports fan to pull this off day after day after day after day. Cause like, we're going to talk about the employee thing, but we've done that podcast, I don't know, 40 times. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I mean, how, how many times can you, can you do this? Cause my answer on that is going to be, I don't know, wake me up in 2026. It's all going to change. We'll find out then. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and so it, it's, you, you don't really know how to maneuver this part of the year. It's the, it's the dichotomy from a pure work standpoint of, and I know you're, you agree with what I'm about to say. Football season is work. You grind. It is constant. It's never stopping. But the content's just abundant. And everybody's interested. Just go, click, go, yeah. go, 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 go. Football ends and your life settles down and you actually have a chance to breathe a little bit. But if you don't get help from things that are completely out of our control, like I have no control and you, nor do you, on whether Ole Miss is going to be good in basketball or baseball. Or both, please God. Um, it it gets it gets challenging. I'm going to break, and we'll come back out and hit some of these things. Grind, decent question, fellas. You got to impress a woman you're dating by cooking a meal. What are you cooking? And the best dish? It, I mean, the question there is, can you go to the grill? Because like for most men, it's going to be you're going to throw something on the grill and find a way to pair it with some side items. Because you're going to do like some. You're going to do a steak, you're going to do something, and you're going to do some, I mean, probably if it was me, some Brussels sprouts somehow, and like some, maybe a twice-baked potato or something, because that looks a little more like you put an effort in than, than anything else. Um, if you can't go to the grill, probably chicken parmesan. I'm pretty good at that, and that can be to kind of displayed well. Um, I, I think uh, that's do, the move there. You can do some pasta dishes that, that yeah. require skill and some effort and and. If you do them correctly, it shows that you put that you put a little bit of your of yourself into it. I should say. Yeah, Luke said, uh, "Glizzies and mac and cheese." I mean, I, I appreciate the glizzies reference because I've never once called it that. That is not a uh, what is that? It's a hot dog. Oh, Would have, yeah. if you'd have given me a thousand guesses. <laughs> 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 Never would I, would I wouldn't have gotten it. Not yeah. a chance. I'll tell you what you could do though. You make it easy. They'll take care of your protein for you. Prime shrimp, primeshrimp.com. They deliver directly to your door. And when they do that, it's fewer than 10 minutes. Freezer to plate. They got a lot of different options. If you want to do some hibachi show off on the Blackstone, don't have to cook the shrimp. The shrimp will already be done for you. They've got their soy ginger flavor, New Orleans style barbecue, the signature. Full meals in a bag like the French Quarter Alfredo. You can throw a little butter, a little pepper in that, and it'll already be worked up for you there with prime shrimp. Buy five pouches or more, 25% off with code RG at primeshrimp.com. Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull from first? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are just some of the questions that can only be answered with the personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Siegel with Siegel Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan, whether you meet at his office in Collierville or prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting and see what they can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. 
Comer.com. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. High today in Oxford is 79. In other words, the warmer weather around the corner, so you want to make sure that that AC is ready to go. It's operational, ready to uh, cool your home when the hot weather absolutely comes. So get in touch with Comer, get in touch with Southern, different names, but same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, that area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, South Haven, that area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a national-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid, that's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D, or download their app and name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Uh, Ole Miss baseball today, tomorrow, this weekend, Ole Miss basketball tomorrow night. If you're coming up uh, and you want to make sure that you get the newest, freshest Rebel gear, stop by the College Corner. It's in Oxford now. The Oxford Commons just off Sisk Avenue. It's also two locations in the Jackson area, and you can also get them at collegecornerstore.com. We're also brought to you by Argent Wealth. Uh, When you work with Argent Wealth's 401k advisory services team, you gain a valuable advisory team and time-saving resource that will help you develop and maintain a solid strategy for your retirement plan. They're committed to providing you with the personalized attention and involvement that you want and need. Their goal is to help you manage your 401k plan and uh, ultimately improve your employees' retirement readiness. It's myargentwealth.com. And we're uh, brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Get in touch with John if you're planning a special trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Let him help you out. Just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He will give you options. And uh, no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, Edwards at regencytravel.net. Yeah, that, that that is disgusting. Reading from the stream here, uh, went on a double date to the bowling alley over the weekend, never going bowling again. It's a nasty activity. You have people eating wings and nachos, licking their fingers, and then picking up the balls and, 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 and bowling. Eh. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a germaphobe are you? Very low. Not at all. Yeah, no, me too. No, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, I wash my hands and that kind of thing, but I mean, no, I, I don't get freaked out by that whatsoever. Yeah, I'm a, I'm maybe a three. Yeah, but even I'll notice stuff like that. Like, dude. Well, see, it's it, it's more of a textured thing for me. It's not even like that as much as like if it's sticky or like I can tell the residue. Like that's what would bother me more. I'm I'm, I'm kind of like a cat. I don't want stuff on my hands. Like I, I can't I can't stand the texture and the the whatever to it. Um, I understand. I was avoiding certain words there so people wouldn't make fun or whatever. But yeah, like that's the that that that, that that's the deal. Um, and yeah, you don't bring your own bowling ball to the bowling alley unless you can bowl like consistently in the twos, and you are a badass. That that is that is maybe the 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 least cool thing ever is to have your own bowling ball when you suck at bowling. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not hanging out at the bowling alley, Joe, <laughs> but. If I'm at the bowling alley somehow, some way, and you bring your own ball in, I'm expecting you to just strike after strike after strike. And then I'm impressed, and I'm like, that's cool. You got your own yeah. ball. Oh, no, this, cool. No this matter This matters to you. You like it. Good. No, I, I, no judging for me. But if if I'm at the bowling alley, and you bring your special ball in, and you roll a 92, 
I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean that is that is awful. I'll give you even more credit. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a pass on is your own shoes, just because like you might be worried about putting other people's shoes on and germs and fungus and stuff. But the ball, no, 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 no. Um, you know, I learned a lot. I had, you know, we had the. I guess it was on one of the other podcasts, uh, or maybe it was a hand-raised guys. I had the Bandy bowling coach on last year and was talking about the lanes at just your recreational bowling. Like, they're they're not, the, the, the way the wax and stuff works, you actually can't consistently get the same numbers you would on a competition-style thing. So even somebody really good, it doesn't translate at all the, uh, the same way. So we have hit now uh germs bowling and food prior to any sporting event on today february 27th it's tuesday edition of the oxford exxon podcast uh you like state to cover three and a half at home against kentucky tonight i'm gonna move into the law stuff in a minute but just curious uh yeah i kind of think state's gonna win and maybe win big kentucky's kentucky's so erratic like kentucky one day will be world beaters and then they go to LSU and lose. I, it's one of two things tonight. Either State wins and wins fairly handedly or Kentucky blows them out. There's, In my opinion, there's no in-between. And you know that place is going to be jumping. Six o'clock, Tuesday night. ESPN, the big channel. State's really got nothing to lose because they've kind of fixed their season. They're, they're, they're tournament bound, barring a disaster. Tonight's a chance, man. There's no pressure, really. You just kind of let it go. That's 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 a scary recipe for Kentucky, I think. Yeah, Kentucky nine and five in the SEC. State eight and six, three and a half, one fifty six and a half. The line tonight in Baton Rouge. Uh, LSU six and eight in the SEC, hosting the Georgia Bulldogs. LSU a four and a half favorite over Mike White and uh, and Uga tonight, and then uh, in Fayetteville. Arkansas playing better basketball. They've got Vanderbilt at home, so they're going to move to six and nine in the SEC. They are a ten and a half point favorite against the Commodores, and I like them to cover that. I I, I don't like Vanderbilt on the road at Bud Walton tonight at all. After Arkansas has a little bit of juice, so a little rumor on uh, Arkansas that I heard yesterday from pretty reliable sourcing. Um, apparently, Arkansas and Eric Musselman have begun the reparation stage of. Their relationship, there is a room said that or intimated that. What we did say and intimate was if Eric Musselman were to leave, Chris Beard would be on the short list there of people they desire. Is that fair? Uh, Yeah, you cut out for a second. You were saying that, um, say the first 10 seconds of whatever you said again, and, I'll, and I will fix it on the podcast version. But okay. Gap. I'll go over it real quick. There, there, yeah. There's the the rumor. There is that Arkansas is about to announce a NIL program that is specifically dedicated to men's basketball, and that that's okay. that they've fixed everything with Musselman pretty much. Um, that the team has sort of collected itself, as you've noted, and that they're in be- they're in a better spot. What I was saying was, neither one of us ever said, "Hey, Chris Beard's going to leave Ole Miss for Arkansas." I never said that. You never said that. I don't think either one of us ever intimated that. What we did say was that it was something you had to keep an eye on in, in a scenario where Eric Musselman leaves Arkansas for Louisville. There's no question whatsoever that Arkansas would have Chris Beard at the top of their wish list. Does that mean he would take it? I have no idea, no clue. 
You have no clue. I have no clue. I'm not going there. But it was going to become a story. His name was going to come up. If Arkansas had a vacancy, his name was going to come up in every single media report, and it would absolutely be legitimate because he would be a target. doesn't mean they would hit their target, but he would be a target. I can't even imagine the backlash that's going to come on a few message boards from this because the whole Arkansas thing, that was that was the story. Well, I mean, no, Musselman having some form of makeup with Arkansas is an incredibly tangible thing to Chris Beard and Ole Miss because, I mean, even take any of your Arkansas stuff out. I mean, I'm just by happenstance, I'm oddly really well-sourced on this, and Arkansas absolutely is someone who loves Chris Beard, and that would be a top-of-line choice should that be the case. No, I mean, it's 100%. I mean, that's been that's been the case prior to the season. And somebody asked earlier in the stream, is Ole Miss's fall-off helping in any way to Beard staying in Oxford? Um, it's not harming Beard's reputation whatsoever. Um, if anything, it's probably just a sign of where we are in the world of college athletics, that it takes a minute if you don't have you know, the NIL set up to really transform your team. And then second, nationally, it's an indictment on the Ole Miss job, fair or unfair. Um, so that's, I mean, again, and I don't think that's fair, but that's what it is. It's not harming Beard and his pursuit for whatever it is that will happen. But, and yeah, sure, Beard's name comes up at any job, but Arkansas specifically has been the one that has been a, a, a major topic of conversation and interest since this thing started. So Yeah, I, I feel confident enough in, in this from a sourcing standpoint to say that in the event that Eric Musselman were to leave Arkansas, and, and, and I don't think they're going to push him out, by the way. I think they want him to stay. He's done a really good job there. People like him. This year's kind of a one-off in their eyes. Whether it is or isn't, I have no idea. But in their eyes, it's kind of a one-off. He went to two Elite Eights and a Sweet 16. He, he, he built up enough equity to have a, one, a one-off. Um, but I do feel quite confident in saying that if he were to leave, I'd, I'd, I'd go as strong as to say it's Chris Beard's job to turn down. Now, he very well might turn it. He might very well might turn it down. I hope I'm being clear. I don't feel like dealing with that today. But you know, I mean, there's no question he would be. I think he would be the target. Mm-hmm. I think he would be the guy that they're like, okay, well, before we move on with this search, let's make sure you don't want it. Yeah, I agree. If you if you want it, there's if you want it, there's no reason to have a search. Yeah. Um. As for the Ole Miss part of it with Chris Beard, look, it's the same answer that I would give anywhere else. It's frankly the same answer I'd give about Arkansas and Eric Musselman. Do you have NIL? Because what Chris Beard did, and I want to be clear here, what Chris Beard did at Texas Tech was amazing. Incredible. It also happened in a completely different era. It didn't happen in the current era. In the current era, everything is completely about NIL. Salary. Screw NIL. I hate that stupid word. It's salary. Are you the Pirates or are you the Yankees? Are you the Dodgers or are you the the, the A's? Mm-hmm. Because if you're the Pirates or the A's, no matter how good you coach, you can't win. And so you've got to figure out where you are on that scale. In each individual sport. And so answer to can Chris Beard win at Ole Miss is, I don't know, how much salary can you give him? Not him, but how much salary can you give him to work with? Yeah. How much money, how many resources from a player acquisition 
standpoint does he have? He's a hell of a coach, but he can't do it without players. 100%. No, I mean, that, that, that's, that, that is the answer. And it's, it's an answer that a lot of times people, they know it's true, but they don't really like it because it's this new thing. And it, it's, what do you mean? It's, it's got to be more complicated than that. Why can't he get this guy to do this and just, he, he's kind of maximizing his current roster. But when you play in the SEC against some of the teams they play against, those teams have better players. You can only – you can be the greatest hitting coach in the world, right? And you go take a collection of average hitters and put them up against e- – and put them up against a team full of elite hitters – and at some point, Chase, the dam's going to break, and those hitters are going to bash the guy all over the field. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're, they're going to they're going to start crushing him. It it's still about players. Everything's about. Yeah, I mean, look. Here's the deal: if if Chris Beard has money to get players, he is going to win at Ole Miss basketball. Period. That that that, that is what's going to happen. That's how it's going to work. That's what the next step is. Is is, is he's going to win? Yeah, I mean, like I got Cam says, it's not a matter of a pub of any narrative. It, it's this way at 368 programs in the country, and Ole Miss just happens to be one of them. It's the same exact thing, and it's what's going on. So that's that, that that's where this thing is sitting from uh, from that way. So anyway, uh, you didn't know when you mentioned Vanderbilt at Arkansas that we'd get 10 minutes out of it, but there you go. Yeah, so. hey, there you go. Thanks. It, it works out. Okay, it, it, it's fine. It works out. It's uh, it, it always gets there. And and I'll go here again. I'm kind of pushing what I actually thought I was going to start to show it to the very end, but that's fine. I'm going to give Jay Billis some credit this morning. Um, I was reading about the court storming thing that you and I have not really talked about because, frankly, I don't find the topic overly compelling is why we haven't talked about it. But I do find this a little compelling. Is there is a and that it's not a majority. It's not even probably a sizable minority, but there are significant athletic directors and schools out there, including Greg Byrne in Alabama, that wants fairly draconian policies on this court storming thing to the to, to the letter of pushing that if you storm the court, your team forfeits the next game they play. And there is a loss on the uh, on the next game. This is stemming from two incidents in particular, which really is it's it, two incidents and one overall theme. The two incidents is Caitlin Clark getting run into about two and a half, three weeks ago. And then the player from Duke injuring his knee in Kyle Filipowski. And frankly, I thought he almost kind of initiated the contact, but I'm not blaming the player. The people storm the court; it's their fault. Um, both things can be true. Yeah, I, I've, I'll say that I've watched. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. next season and it makes tons of sense and so i watch him a lot mm-hmm. um i can't imagine being in his situation the other day yeah yeah sure one moment your team is losing a disappointing game to wake forest and you're one of 13 guys on the floor you your four teammates the other five guys and three officials that's been your world for the last two hours 13 dudes on the floor and suddenly you look to your left as you're trying to get to your bench. You look to your left, and there's this mob of people racing at you. That, that, that's a lot. That's a lot to, okay, let me absorb this. Sure. Um, and then you have emotions that get involved. You have, there's a lot there. So... I don't blame Filipowski at all. Uh, did he initiate a contact? I don't know, kind of, maybe, sort of, but I don't blame him. To be honest, I, I wouldn't blame a player who just, some kid's running straight at me. I, I wouldn't blame the guy who shoved the kid. And then you have a kid fall, and it leads into this sample, stampede thing. Someone gets trampled to death or whatever. It, it those When you watch that unfold and you think, okay, what are the chances that something bad happens here? The answer is pretty decent. No, it, it's amazing. It has not been worse, especially in basketball where you've got such a tighter window when this happens. And then the third thing, and it's I, I know Luke and the stream had talked about this last week. We hit it briefly, is that there is this obsession right now with storming fields and courts. Wake Forest was a two-point favorite. They were expected to win the game on Saturday, and yet they still stormed the court because Duke has Duke across their chest. And that plays into here, and I think it's 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 Jay Billis. Let me find it. Um, I think I, I give him credit here. Um, Andy Staples pointed out at first. He said that ESPN, the SEC's media partner, cut a clip of LSU fans storming the court after upsetting Kentucky in men's hoops last week. Posted it to YouTube, advertising the court storm. And then Billis correctly explained multiple times in the past two weeks that court stormings aren't going away in part because his network wants the visual. We love that visual. The CBS blimp shot of Tennessee on Neyland after beating Alabama might have been the most psychotic image of the season. This yep. is Staples and Billis talking all these different things. I mean, to the point that they were trying to figure out what is the stopgap? How do you kind of... How do you? Because I was maybe it was the AD somewhere. I forget. Let me try to find it real quick. I had it. Why why you try to find that? Think back to the Ole Miss win over Alabama in 2014. Yeah, the the most compelling image of that game 
was the crowd the the the, the crowd storming the field taking the taking the goalpost down taking them down to funkies right i mean that was the whole that was the most compelling visual for the networks and such i get it i get what they're saying butler their ad barry collier says there's a difference between trying to stop court storming and trying to prevent injury i prefer we chase the latter of those two and then we'd be in a better place uh castiglione in oklahoma talks about a mass stampede is is difficult to stop blah 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 blah, blah. um i thought that Jerome Tang at Kansas State, he had an interesting thing. He told fans before last season they were allowed to storm it once, but then said if you want to build a championship culture and expectation, you got to do the actions to get to, to before the championships come. Hey, you got the one from here on out. Let's just expect to win, and that's actually stopped, including when they beat Kansas. They did not do it. The the, the team went up into the uh, went up into the stands. The the whole deal here at that point. Um, I mean, I've seen things as far as. I mean, I, I, it sounds dumb, but Staples had a couple thoughts that when I really think through it, I go, well, first off, they ran a poll before... They, well, nobody did it. You could run a poll before the thing and go, is this a game that is a potential court-storming game? And literally get a percentage of the students to go yes, no, and see see if you need to bring security in. Um, have a video on give it 10 seconds, wait, almost like a countdown clock. I don't even hate that, as dumb as that kind of sounds in a way, and I get in the moment that maybe it makes no sense. But it would give players a chance to get the hell out of the way at that point when, when you're doing that. I, I do think there's a difference between stopping idiotic college kids from doing something and doing it in a way that we are not jeopardizing the safety of people on the thing because those are two different deals. Now, in saying that, it is really dumb. And we are getting so overwhelmed in it and it's happening so often that this has completely jumped the shark and gotten stupid at the same time. So, I don't know. But yes, yeah. I mean, schools and TV networks are promoting the hell out of it. That's part of the reason why it's happening as often as it's happening. But the security guards that are that are employed. They're not getting paid enough to do anything, and I don't blame them. And they're not trained, and they're not no. paid enough. And, and I don't blame them for looking up at thousands of people and going, screw it. I don't blame them a bit. What, do, what are they going to do? And if they actually try to hold people back, and they accidentally hurt somebody, they're going to get sued. They're going to get in trouble. They're going to, it's, I don't know how, especially in football, I don't know how it's realistic. If a student section of 10,000 kids decides that they're going to storm the field, I don't really know how you stop them. I agree. 100%. Yeah, I don't know how you stop them. So that's my point is, Maybe you alter it in some way and you can do things that potentially... Because I don't... I'm not even necessarily against stiff penalties for things, but I don't like the idea of players getting punished because because students did something dumb on the court. So I'm not in favor of a forfeiture or something along those lines that come after a court storming that would get to that place. I I just don't... I, I don't at all like that. That makes no sense to me. So. That's where I'm at with that. I, I I don't know how you stop them. I think if there was a way to stop them, I think you should stop them. I mean, the truth is Kyle Filipowski could have gotten hurt the other day. I mean, he's a guy that is probably going to be an NBA lottery pick, late lottery, 10, 11, 12, 13 in the draft. I mean, yeah, there's risk associated with playing the game, right? He could blow a knee out trying to make a cut or... He could break a leg 
coming down on a rebound. Things happen. That's part of the risk of sport that you can't take away. But the risk of being run over or or hit by hundreds of of hard charging students is feels like a risk that you should at least try to mitigate. Um. Off topic, but on a much more important topic, I just got this uh, this email a second ago from a press release, and I, I don't know anything else about it, but it's something that, Neil, you and I both are absolutely for any awareness that you can bring to this topic. I'm reading here, and I'll just read the one paragraph just to make people aware. Um, the nonprofit Harbor Path has partnered with the Grove Collective to utilize Ole Miss student athletes, or it's actually just athletes. I've added the student myself. They just said athletes. Kudos to them to educate Ole Miss students on hidden fentanyl and fake pills. The ultimate goal of the campaign is to save lives from drug overdose, which is impacting more and more college students each year. So I have no idea what that campaign entails, but credit to them for any work in that area whatsoever. Um, I'll post that on the board when we're done. One million percent. The yeah, biggest, so, what, one of the biggest fears I have as a parent. Yeah. And again, no idea what they're doing or not doing, but whatever it is, kudos for doing anything. So I'll post that after, but apparently six Ole Miss... Uh, athletes are involved in that to some uh, to some level. Cool, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, terrifying. Yes, uh, Mississippi Valley State did storm the court after getting their first win of the season over Prairie View last night. That is uh that is correct. the uh, The Delta Devils are now one and twenty seven on the year. Well, I mean, I don't blame them. Sure, no, I mean that, that, and there you have it, right? Because the the whole when it happens, you're like, well, I mean, they're excited. Yeah. <laughs> you just would like to have a way you'd like to have a way to get the other team off the field off the court yeah you 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 don't want something to happen and then hey emotions are running high I mean you'll laugh at what I'm about to tell you in the final seconds of of uh, Oxford's loss to Hernando Hernando brought busloads of students and they start getting down by that you've been to OHS they start getting down by that gate, it's clear they're going to run onto the field. And I'm watching that going, this is this is not going to go well. Because what if they one of them gets up in the face of an Oxford kid and some Oxford kid blows his cool and now you have a fight? Mm-hmm. To the credit of Oxford or Hernando or both, they went over there and like, you're not going through this gate. It's not happening. You're not coming on the field. And they didn't, and it was fine. But you throw the emotion of it in also. These are 18, 19-year-old kids, and they just lost a game, and they're not happy and might be pissed off and might have just spent part of the last 20 minutes getting yelled at by coaches. and You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden people are in their face? It, yeah. It's a, it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, when you do the pros and cons thing, what could go right? Well, nothing, and nothing happens. It's fine. What could go wrong? Okay, well, it's going to be a minute. Yeah, there's a lot here. Yeah, I, I, I do think that was a video that makes sense. Uh, Jim Gilza on the stream says, "Watch Creighton. They set up to get UConn off the court. They did. Like, I get it wasn't a, as big of a crowd as you sometimes get in these stormings, but their administration or security or whoever you want to credit with it did a really good job to make sure all of UConn's players were." and staff were, were kind of off and out of the way prior to that uh that happening. I mean I I don't know what textbook would look like in that standpoint, but it kind of looked like what you would you would sort of hope was the uh the situation with uh with that in my opinion. So yeah, I, I agree with that. That was 
whatever. But just yeah, be aware. There appears to be conversations on this. I don't know what'll happen from it or not happen from it, but it's uh it's out there right uh right now. So all right. Uh podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark. Speaking of service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the one hundred MBPS or the Blaze. That is their one gig service. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's any spark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone servers, portal controls, network security, wireless mesh extender for those who need that extra help and more. That's 662-238-3159. Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. Opa's the perfect place to plan your company dinner, your festive party event. Fabulous food, great craft libations. Uh, they can accommodate up to 200 guests. Also a great place just to stop in over the weekend if you're up here for uh, the Iowa series. Coming in for the basketball game uh, on Wednesday, stop by OPA. Get in touch with them if you are interested in catering or booking information. Uh, call Jeannie, 601-421-7147. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, Service Specialists can help. Uh, keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bob McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. So schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludeke can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. MyPerfectFranchise.net. Contact Andy at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or 404-973-9901. couple uh, quick Ole Miss notes. Uh, Ole Miss is moving Gunnar Dennis to the Friday night spot this weekend. The uh, Meridian Junior College transfer. He, uh, he's going to throw on Friday against Iowa. JT Quinn now on Saturday, and then Grayson Saunier still on Sunday. More on that at rebelgrove.com later in the week. And then uh, freshman Wes Mendez starting tonight against Little Rock and Raleigh Maddox starting tomorrow against uh, against Murray State. There, I'm sorry, Missouri State, not Murray State. Missouri State. And then uh, the Ole Miss women blew out uh, Missouri last night, 66-45, now 20-7 and overall. And ten and four in the SEC. I think they can win out, or maybe even win one of their last two to get the number three spot in the SEC after uh, South Carolina and LSU, two top fifteen teams, and obviously South Carolina, the best team in the country, uh, heading into the postseason there. So uh, they've done a pretty remarkable job. Lost their point guard early in the year before the season, or first game, or somewhere in there, and uh, have kind of kind of found a way to uh, to fix that. So twenty and seven, ten and four there for uh, the women's basketball team. Uh, before we get to this court thing, Hardman says a uh, little life advice question. Got the wedding invitation to my cousin's wedding yesterday. He and I are pretty close. In big bold letters, it says no children under 13 allowed. I have a two-year-old daughter. Do I go? And he says for more information, it requires travel for us to Florida. So now you've got to find someone to keep your child long over a weekend. Or you've got to find someone who can babysit in Florida. 
while you go to the event. I think this gives you an out. This depends on if you want to go. That's all this is. This yeah. is no childering at a wedding is a completely normal process. That's not a crazy. Um, that's not a crazy thing to be on an invitation at all. Um, it is manageable, I think, or at least, it, frankly, when a, when a, when it's in Florida, it's and they say no children. It is up to them to have some sort of help from a childcare perspective at that point, if that is what you uh, it, it, if that is what you choose. Um, but yes, if you don't really want to go, you can easily go, Hey, I don't have anybody to keep. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. And nobody can really say anything. This is, I mean, yes, if you have grandparents available and that's what you want to do, that's completely, this is like the best of both worlds. I I talk about mirrors all the time. This is a mirror. Do I really want to go or do I not want to go? And that will make this decision for me. Yes. They have provided you the justification for the decision not to go. You can say, hey, we couldn't find anybody to keep our child. Um, if your wife just doesn't want to go, this is the justification to you go by yourself. Sure. Attend. Hey, where's where's your wife? She had to keep the, uh, our daughter. She we, we, they, we couldn't find child care. Didn't trust a sitter. My parents were busy. Her parents were busy. Blah, 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 blah. Or, it, look, if you just don't want to go, don't go. You and if look, if that's the end of your friendship, it wasn't much of a friendship. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping it real. If that's, if that's creates that the angst that ends your relationship, it was ending soon anyway. That won't be the case. I wouldn't think, but if it does, will you? That's an easy answer to come up with. The, well, when a, when a, when a relationship, in, when a friendship ends, it's not one moment that did it. There were things that were building all along that you were getting to the point where, okay, we're approaching the final straw. Mm-hmm. And then the final straw comes and you realize, I just don't need this anymore. Yeah. I'm speaking, I'm speaking from experience. I, I don't, I don't need this angst and toxicity any longer. Somebody asking uh, Cubby Alls, what are your thoughts on a wedding the weekend before Thanksgiving? Is that okay? That that's a that's like football weekend question plus a little more because you're going to have to be open to people not going because some people are going to have Thanksgiving travel too, and if they've got to travel to your wedding, it's going to be hard sometimes to do that two weeks in a row. Is your problem there? Here's the look. Look, here's the deal with fall weddings. It's all seriousness, especially in the South where football, college football, is such a part of the culture. If you want to schedule a fall wedding, go for it. It's your life. It's your wedding. If that makes you happy and you need to go ahead and get married in September, October, November, do it. But don't be pissed off when people don't come. Yeah. That's fine. If you're like, hey, look, hopefully a lot of people come. But if they don't, I get it. Ole Miss is playing Texas A&M. Mississippi State's playing Kentucky that day. Whatever. Whatever the case may be. And yeah, the closer you schedule it to a holiday like Thanksgiving, the more you're running the risk of people like, well, we already are leaving on Tuesday to go to Aunt Becky's house, and we've got yeah. that going on. And, you know, Johnny's high school team's in the state second round. You you know stuff's going on at that time of the year. So if if you just need to get married the weekend before Thanksgiving, okay, get married. 
cool. Have a great ceremony. Enjoy the party. And, and, but don't be mad that people didn't make it because you knew they wouldn't make it. If you really want a big shindig, get married like normal people in June. I'd love to see if there's like a uh, a stat on like divorce rates versus like weeks or months that people got married in the year that you saw like where compromise didn't happen already in different things. And if like there are certain times of the year that have increased or decreased divorce rates. Oh, it'd be interesting. Yeah. I'm going to guess people that marry, that get married in the spring and summer have a better chance. Higher, higher rate of compromise, logic, well, common common sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it's just common sense. There's nobody's playing a football game in June. Literally nobody. There's a zero chance. I mean, you might run into the conflict. Oh gosh, that's the week that we're planning to go to the beach. Yeah, that's about it. Little Jenny's not going to have anything. Little Jimmy's not going to have anything. Certainly nothing that they couldn't miss. I mean, if Little Jimmy misses a travel ball tournament. It's all right. There's going to be another one tomorrow. Mm. It's it's fine. There's no, there's no Tennessee and Alabama aren't playing on the first Saturday in June. That's not happening. You 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 can plan around those things. Yeah, like Austin here. You really like this guy. Apparently, he says I'm in a wedding the day Ole Miss plays LSU. I dedicated myself to it because the guy means a lot to me. I told him when he was deciding though, it was going to piss people off. Yes, it's going to piss people off. They're just not going to go. And sure, there's plenty, like, there are plenty of people out there with different cultural priorities that football season might be the perfect time to have a wedding. But if, you have, if you're from an SEC school where your friends are following football, it is going to be a problem, which is the majority of our listeners, I would have said. Yeah. I mean, again, let me be perfectly clear. If you want to get married in October, you just love the fall, you love the way the leaves look, okay. People that Do went it. to Sarah Lawrence might love an October wedding. And I go, okay, sure, great, cool. I get it, great. I have no problem with it. Just don't be upset when people don't come because there was a conflict that you knew was there because the football schedule was out. You knew, hey, Ole Miss plays LSU that day in Oxford. Mm-hmm. You, you, you guys know what's gonna, what that means. That's the day Oklahoma comes to Oxford for the first time in forever. Yeah, you you knew that Mississippi State's got um you know Texas Alabama. Yeah, Alabama coming to town that Saturday. You know all of our friends who go to state are going to go to that game. So don't be upset when those people don't come to your wedding. And as long as you're cool with that, good. Go for it. doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the wedding's about you and your families and whatever. It's fine. And by the way, I agree with Ginger here. If you're going to have a Saturday evening wedding, you cannot. You simply cannot have a reception that doesn't include alcohol. Period. And hundred percent. That's a rule. Yeah, TVs. Yeah, you, you steer into it at that point. Yeah, it's a watch party. Yeah, if you can, and if you can't steer into that, if your ego is so maniacal, then wait and get married in the spring or summer like normal people. Yeah. Um. All right. Just because I freaking had the headline, I got to at least talk about this for a second. So again, this is Michael McCann talking. Um, people were very aware of him. He's probably the expert in these type of matters. Said uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday on Twitter, I think college athletes becoming employees is the most likely outcome, but there's still hurdles or uncertainties. And your general counsel at the NLRB, National Labor Relations Board, which would happen if former President Trump defeats President Biden this fall, could be one. 
The general counsel plays a crucial role in the NLRB. Odds are the topic of college athletes as employees will eventually be heard by a U.S. Court of Appeals, and there's a luck of the draw as to what judges are picked to serve on a three-judge panel. Then there's the U.S. Supreme Court. I think it's safe to say Kavanaugh is a yes for the athletes. The other eight justices, none joined Kavanaugh in his famous Austin concurring opinion, and at the end of the day, Austin was about a relatively minor issue that had nothing to do with employment. So the justices' views on a more divisive topic like college athletes as employees are still unknown. But if I were betting, I think the end game is college athletes become employee. And this is playing off of a couple different things. Is the NCAA can't win a court case right now to save its freaking life. Um, Charlie Baker sent a letter to its members yesterday basically going, hey, hold tight. I don't really know what this means after the Tennessee-West Virginia injunction was put into place that essentially says the NCAA cannot prohibit anything and has no rules and rights to do shit right now as far as NIL or anything else. Um, and the and Charlie Baker just kind of goes, eh, okay, we'll let you know. We don't really know what it means. And then McCann says this, and then another one, and then I'll open it up to Neil when I get done with this one, is McCann goes on to talk about the, uh, the court case that is going on uh, with USC right now from a labor relations board, which is a much bigger deal than the, than the Dartmouth one, frankly. And he says, uh, he says here, and maybe this isn't even the one, I might have to go find the other one about SC, but anyway, he says this too, I find this interesting. He says, as college athletes seemingly um, exorable march toward employment continues, uh, schools will face three choices, embrace, resist, or cut. He also points out that the timing couldn't be worse for colleges. The college athlete population in the U.S. is projected to shrink dramatically beginning in 2025 and lasting until 2037. Again, if you did not listen to my uh, interview with Glenn Boyce, I recommend that. He talks about this. Uh, he says, it's worth considering why colleges lose money on athletics. Some pay high salaries to coaches and athletic directors. Others invest in modernizing athletics and uh, facilities. Paying coaches less and spending less on facilities would presumably free up some money. But even if those schools claim to be losing money on athletics, they privately admit net profit loss calculations do not capture the transformative impact athletes have on fundraising and enrollment. This is interesting. For schools who will consider cutting sports in response to the becoming employees, any moves along those lines could trigger a bevy of legal consequences, but the school would be on stronger labor law grounds by cutting all programs instead of just a few. While labor, labor law projects workers against partial closures, like closing one store in a chain, it can't force a business to continue operations when it seeks full closure. The point being that if it goes in any way and everybody's just completely lawsuit hungry, the more you do and the more dramatic things you close and cut, you're actually better off from a labor ground because they can't make a company lose money. Let me find the USC thing, and then you can have any thought on that. Yeah, that's really interesting, that last part. You know, because I've wondered this, like, the schools that we keep up with, you know, Ole Miss, LSU, Mississippi State, Alabama, whatever, they they, they can afford, that's the right word, uh, or there's going to be a lot of, it's, it's going to be painful. People are going to be stunned at the pain that's coming. But, like, I'll take my alma mater, ULM. They don't make any money, Chase. If you suddenly require them to pay the players as employees, I don't know that if you're, I don't know. I think at that point, someone in the room, we always talk about hand-raised guy. Someone in the room's got to go, this isn't worth doing anymore. 
We can't do it. You're not going to operate a business if it's a total loss. You're not just going to keep throwing money at the business that you don't have when you can't get the money for the business. I think a lot of programs like that will just shut down their athletic programs. Just completely. Because they're not making money anyway. They're not making money, and now you're adding an expense for them that they can't afford. Mm -hmm. How do you justify that? You have to pay all the players? And this employee thing, is it across the board or is it just football? Does McCann dive into that? Is it uh, Not in this, this that I've seen. Yeah, I don't know. So it's all athletes become employees? They would all have the ability to collectively bargain. But again, that's the catch in this. Because if you're athletes... You don't want to collectively bargain with every athlete. You want to collectively bargain with just football or football and basketball or whatever. You don't want to do the big bargain because if you do the whole athletic department, well, that suddenly limits your ability because it gives the other side more leverage in this. That's what's fascinating about it. Is no, it has to be a very selective collective bargaining is what the athletes actually want. They don't want a full thing that they think they're asking for. That would help the schools. Yeah, no, again, I go back like... You mentioned Mississippi Valley earlier. They would just shut down their athletic program. They, they, they wouldn't be able to do this. So you'd kill it. Okay, this 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 one, and this is more just food for thought, because I haven't seen this at all until I'm reading this. I did not know this part of this trial whatsoever. Um, so we'll hit this, and then we might need to talk about it tomorrow once we both ingested it a little differently. It says, uh, as the USC... NLRB, again, National Relations Board trial, gets set to resume. Uh, Kenny Hertz Perry attorney Mitt Winter tells Eric Prisbell, I think that's on three, that he believes it's almost guaranteed the judge will declare the USC athletes are employees of the school. If you look at the Dartmouth decisions, the factors the regional director focused on, those are actually stronger for the USC case. The more interesting question is whether the NLRB will determine USC student-athletes are actually employees of the Pac-12 and or NCAA, too. The NLRB has jurisdiction only over private employers, but if the judge rules the Pac-12 and NCAA are joint employers, then it could open the door for athletes at public schools to be classified as employees, which would afford them the right to unionize and collectively bargain as well. It is possible for the judge to conclude the athletes are employees, of USC, but not the Pac-12 or the NCAA. That decision could hinge on whether the judge finds that athletes are compensated by the conference and the NCAA and how much control each exerts over the athletes. Because of the potential that the Pac-12 and NCAA are joint employers, they view the USC decision as more important and impactful than Dartmouth in terms of its effect on the future model of college athletes. And I mean, he won't mind me saying this. this that was the one case that Boyce was terrified about when I spoke with him because of the ability to bring the NCAA into it for it to be a much more representative case to the SEC or the Big Ten because it's USC and for it to have, frankly, far-reaching impact that completely changes the entire athletic model when it finally finishes up probably sometime next year. I'm asking you a question that you probably don't know the answer to because this is not what you spend your day doing every single day. But if if a judge determines that a USC athlete is is an NCAA employee, mm-hmm. he or she at that point is 
gets the same benefits package, if you will, of any other NCAA employee, correct? It's because it's you're not a contract employee, you're an employee. But you're also an employee by potentially three different entities. So how would that work? You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem, too. Again, I keep coming back to where this is going is going to be, there is going to be so much carnage that people like you and I talked about. And, but because people are frankly stupid, they, they really are. I mean, your average person just goes, well, why not, why not make them employees? They don't understand that not everybody's making them. Outside of the SEC and the Big Ten, not everybody's making a mint here. And even those schools, we've talked about the budgets. Not all of those schools are just operating in the black. You know, they're not just just flush with cash. At the at the end of the, at the end of the year, the the lost opportunity that I think that's coming in the in the very near future as a result of of, of some of these movements, it's going to be tragic. Really, there are student athletes all over the country that are getting college educations because of their athletic ability and only because of their athletic ability they would not have been able to go to college elsewhere otherwise certainly not at some of the institutions where they ultimately were able to go those opportunities if they disappear that there's nothing to replace them <laughs> and i know this this rush to get compensated and again, as I've been saying, is the theme of the year for the micro, not the macro. No look up and go, what's this doing to anything? No, by God, just give me mine. I don't care. Yeah. If you're a women's soccer player at Ole Miss. You have no collective bargaining agreement, so this only hurts you. Yes, but you're getting a scholarship. You're getting, you're getting an opportunity. You are being compensated. Yeah. You're leaving college without student loans. You have access to things that other you you, you meals, health care, insurance. You do have things. You are being compensated. Yet your business that you operate in produces no profit and tons of expenses. And so if you make this a business, it's going to go away, as is your scholarship. But nobody seems to grasp that. I think it's why I got so pissed off at Cubs fans about the Cody Bellinger thing. Just give him the money. What if you don't have the money? Mm-hmm. I mean, what if they don't run the business that way? What if they are literally, what if what if Ricketts is telling the truth? What we do is we look at our revenues from baseball, we take out our expenses, and the rest goes to salary. Okay. Hey, that business model makes sense to me. No, damn it. Just give him more money. We don't have... Pay the tax. We don't, we're not, the budget's not built to pay the tax. Yeah. We paid the tax these years. We're not paying the tax. We're saving so that when we, the window that we believe to be truly competitive, we'll pay the tax then. So when you say to an operation, again, I said this the other day, right? About Keith Carter, Angela Robinson, all the people at Ole Miss that sit down with the books. When you sit down with the books and you go, okay, run this thing like a business. Don't run it like a, I don't even know what you'd call this, what what you'd call the current model, because it's not a business model. It's a, there's a a certain degree of charity in it. Mm -hmm. Run it like a business. 
Look on the look on the ledger. What what's what's bleeding money? What's making money? Let's get rid of the things that are bleeding money, or minimize the bleeding. We want you to pay me like a business, but not run it like a business in ways it needs to be a charity. Cool. Well, I mean, come on. That's not going to work. Yeah. That's not going to work. And when you take the people that are CFOs at these institutions and go make the hard decisions, present them to the AD, implement them. Man, it's going to be chaos. There's going to be a lot of pain that comes with that. I think maybe I'm completely wrong. I've said this before and I've been told that I'm right, but maybe I'm completely wrong. And it's it's going to be fine, and they'll if figure it out. Wrong, it's only because the unit either there is a significant change in the amount of bloat in salaries, or the university takes some of this on as a an expense on the university side, which brings up a whole another can of worms in a thousand ways that I don't have time to get into this morning. Well, and if you do that, right? If if you do that, you're having to raise tuition. If you take on all these expenses on the university side. And you don't cut some of the the, the profes- professorial bloat and department bloat and uh, administrative bloat from the university, and doing that's going to be painful too. Then you have to raise tuition. If you raise tuition in an era when the the number of students is about to decrease, as Boyce told you in a very very entertaining, uh, informative podcast, if that's going to go away, if if that's going to go down. Do the math. Mm-hmm. So. And enrollment's about to start going down everywhere. There's schools all over the country, Ole Miss included, that have had a lot of success in the last few years with growing enrollment. And so questions come up on those campuses. It's not just Ole Miss, but Ole Miss included. Hey, do we need to build more dorms? Do we need to do what do we need to do? And and there are people in the background going, well, hold on. Before we build a bunch of buildings that are going to stand empty 10 years from now, let's 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 slow down. Let's let's take a real good look at the numbers. That decisions that decision is being made everywhere. I, I can I can think of several schools where there's this demand to build dorms and they're they're not being built necessarily because they're like, well, we could fill them up today, but I don't know that we can fill them up in six years, seven years, when we're still paying the bond on the on the building, and now the building is going empty. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by GNM Pharmacy. That's on South Lamar and Oxford, 662-236-2222. Also, Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs, 662-252-2321. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedSync. If your prescription is the same day each month, take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it with GNM. So again, that is in Oxford or Holly Springs, 662-236-2222. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings from beginner to advanced to nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great venue for uh, corporate outings, um, functions, that kind of thing. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best. That's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss. College Town Oxford is next door to the Ole Miss campus, offering spacious two, three, four, and five-bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Uh, Their incredible amenities will make you feel like you're living in a resort. So uh, get in touch with them. And uh, find out when um, 
Leasing for fall 2024 is open at 662-300-3733. And I'll have a mailbag to you tomorrow. It's presented by Art Hayes of Sotheby's International Realty. Are you thinking of making a move? Put the power of Sotheby's International Realty to work for you. As a licensed agent with Sotheby's and a supporter of all things Ole Miss, Art can help you buy or sell in your hometown or anywhere in the world at no charge to you. Seriously, so call and ask Art how that works. 612-805-5929 or email Art at Arthur, A-R-T-H-U-R dot Hayes, H-A-Y-S at lakesmn.com. Uh, sorry, I got a little distracted by uh, by something real quick there. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not there yet, but this thing is just steamrolling towards some sort of a conclusion because, I mean, the court cases have completely gone one way now. I mean, even last night I saw there was an injunction or a ruling in, maybe it was in New York, uh, where a player was deemed eligible to play and be eligible in the middle of the game. He had 10 minutes left in the second half and ran on the court. It was some player from Manhattan that had had tons of different injuries and reasons why he his eligibility was in question, and a judge uh, ruled that he was he was good to go with 10 minutes left in the game last night, and he played the rest of the game. Every decision right now is going in the favor of the athlete, the student. Yes. That's where it's headed. It's pretty easy to see that's where the trend is. Um, and that's fine. I mean, things change. Just... When the gnashing of teeth comes, when some of the unintended but totally predictable consequences, I'm not going to have a lot of sympathy. No, there's plenty of time here to understand what's going on. Plenty of time. The schools don't have the money to pay everyone. And then how do you how do you figure out how do you figure out profit sharing for programs that don't make profit? Mm-hmm. And then what happens when you go, okay, well, look, we're going to put all of the profits from whatever in one big basket here, and we're going to divide it out equally. Everybody wants equity, Chase, until they get it. <laughs> Everybody wants equity until you get equity and you find out that that doesn't work. No one's happy with that. Think football players are going to go, no, I'm cool with, I'm, I'm cool with my my portion getting divided up among track and archery and gymnastics and swimming and golf and tennis. Yeah, sure. I'm cool. That's good. No problem. I'm good with that. Oh, you're going to make the playoff bigger, make me play another. Oh, cool. cool. That's great. I'm, I really, it makes me feel good to know that the crew team is, is getting, is getting the same amount of money. No, they're not going to say that. They're going to come back with, we're the ones making the money. You said you wanted equity. This was equity. Well, I didn't mean that kind of equity. It's going to be interesting. Bill, completely different subject. Bill Connolly, who does an excellent job for uh, for ESPN, he uh, he rated the top eighty quarterbacks since two thousand this morning. Did you see this? Uh, I've seen mention of it, but I've not. I've not dove into the list. Connolly is really good at stuff like this, and I mean this as a, as a credit. He will make these stories, and he throws them out there and just lets the bombs start falling. Because people lose their minds over stuff like this. 
I think you and I are in the same boat here. I have a very difficult time getting particularly worked up about stuff like this because I whatever. Well, he make, he he just, makes the joke out of it because, I mean, the eras have changed so much, number one. And number two, I mean, he closes it with, one thing is certain, I did this list perfectly and you won't find a single ranking to complain about, especially the number one spot. Glad we can agree on that. Now to the list. Um I, I think it's more a sign of where I'm going here. Ole Miss obviously has one player on this list. It is Eli Manning. And Eli, from a number standpoint and a production standpoint, he doesn't get credit for his teams around him. Is he, he, he had to do so much. I mean, that's the thing. With all due respect to Chris Collins, you would love to see what Eli would have done with like Chad's weapons when he's got Laquan or Dante or dudes out there to throw the football to. Just completely different situations um yeah. at that level yeah for for sure and i had it looked on here to see how many are one-year guys if we're just talking about college football frankly chad has an argument to be on this list because when he finished that 15 season that was the third best total offense season in sec history behind johnny manziel's two seasons he had more yep. total offense that year than Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, any other quarterback in in, in the league. Yeah. So anyway, fifty one is where Eli came in at, I believe. Wow. Mm-hmm. Feels low. It does. Uh, yeah, fifty one. Eli Manning before winning two Super Bowls. Manning nearly accomplished something even more rare and impressive. Came within one uh, completion or so of beating Nick Saban and earning Ole Miss an SEC West title ring in two thousand three. Who's number one? Uh, Baker Mayfield. Oh. Didn't see that coming, did you? I mean, he had a hell of a career. That's the thing. Like, Eli, in hindsight, gets hurt for team and the fact that, yeah, they went 10-3, and three, but in his best year, they lost to Memphis and Texas Tech. And then his other two seasons, they were 6-6 six and six and 7-4 and four in the regular season, I think. They played Nebraska in the in the Independence Bowl in 2002, and they had six yeah. or seven wins. And yeah. then 2001 is when they went seven and four and didn't get a bowl game because they gave one in, to Alabama with a worse record who had lost to Ole Miss. Yep. Um, I wrote a I wrote a column I wrote a column in Alabama when that happened, saying it was egregious and that Ole Miss should have gotten that bid. And the house didn't burn down, but there was some concern in your mind. You mean everybody didn't go just nod along and go, yeah, mm-hmm, sure, completely agree. Yeah, that was back when, why does everybody hate you? Yeah. Uh, SEC no, quarterbacks. The paper, the paper got delivered to the house and Laura still didn't read what I wrote. And then yeah. people started saying things to her and she's like, should I read it? I'm like, yeah, probably not anymore. It's just, it's going to be okay, maybe. Um, SEC quarterbacks ahead of Eli, I'll do this quickly. Um, we're over time. Aaron Murray, number 47. Uh, Mac Jones, number 42. I mean, like, come the hell on. Uh, Stetson Bennett, 41. Chase Daniel, 39. I'll go ahead and throw him in there for the hell of it. Um, Jason White, 36. One of the most overrated quarterbacks in history. Stop. Good God. Can you imagine if you'd switch that? Let Jason, oh, White, play, let Jason White play at Ole Miss and let Eli play for that Oklahoma team. <laughs> Whew. Eli'd be top ten on this list right now. It's why it's why these lists can't be done. And yeah. Bill does it the right way, where he says up up front, "This is all right." There's a reason to argue. Just accept it because he knows this is the kind of thing that the people who love lists are going to go crazy about. 
Rex Grossman, 34. Uh, let's see. Your boy Pat White, 30. Um, oh, he had a hell of a career now. Bo Nix, 28. Jalen Hurts, 27. Scrolling Tua, 22. Bryce Young, 20. Jalen Jaden Daniels, 19. I mean, come on. Uh, Andrew kind of Luck built, at 18. Kind of building that off one year, right? With Jaden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Jaden's terrific. He won the Heisman. I voted for him, but. Yeah. Luck had a Man- big time. Manziel at 13. And then your uh, top 12, I'll just do it this way. Colt McCoy, 12. Trevor Lawrence, 11. Robert Griffin, the third, 10. Marcus Mariota, 9. Lamar Jackson, 8. Kyler Murray, 7. Deshaun Watson, 6. Joe Burrow, 5. Tim Tebow, 4. Vince Young, 3. Cam Newton, 2. And Baker Mayfield, 1. So, I mean, Cam was awesome, but it was one year. So are we talking about the, the best season or the best careers? It doesn't really say. Okay. It and it doesn't matter. No. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see a lot of whatever in that. So yeah. Anyway. I mean Busy week. Alabama Ole Miss, eight o'clock pavilion tomorrow night for uh that one, and then Ole Miss baseball again today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the Hawkeyes in town for three. So uh, a lot of conversation today. Appreciate you guys helping us kind of uh, get through the show there with your uh, your questions and everything else. I do appreciate that. And we will be back tomorrow with another uh, edition of the show. So uh, for now, Chase, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.